It's almost tournament time. Are you guys excited? I am really excited. I, uh, you know, the last few weeks I told you guys that uh, I was getting a little bored with myself about talking about the same shit over and over again each week. So what I wanted to do is I changed it up. So I brought Harold on a couple weeks ago, brought Charlie on last week. And this week I brought on a couple friends of mine who we work on the Rockin' 25 poll together, Eric Haslam from Haslametrics.com and Sean Dillon from Rock 101 in Lubbock, Texas. Sean is the architect of the Rockin' 25 poll that I am a part of and having a really good time with that. And, uh, you know, we wanted to just do like a, just a, you know, some things we can't do on Rock 101. You can't just sit around and bullshit like a couple guys having some drinks. So I didn't write anything for the show. We went completely uncut and unscripted. There's actually a part in this podcast that I was going to do some post-production, but I just got home from work. It's about quarter past seven on a Monday night. I wanted to get this pod up tonight. I didn't feel like searching for it, and I didn't timestamp it. But Sean has uh, maybe a flashback, thinking that he's on Rock 101, where he stops Haslam when he... uh, there's a little interference on the call, and he tells him to back up and, and do it again like we're on Rock 101, which is, a, which is a tape show. And I didn't bother to go back and change it. <laughs> so it, it's a little raw. Um, as you guys know, I don't, I'm not a, a, a tech guy. I'm not going to go back in there and, and take that out. I like the show to be as real as possible. <clears throat> and... Uh, it was it was a great time. We had to cut it short because Sean had to get back to his responsibilities with the Texas Tech football team, I believe. So we, we kind of had to shut it down uh, kind of abruptly, but we all agreed that, you know, we did about 45 minutes. It went really well. We jumped around a lot, talked about a lot of different leagues, talked about the ACC quite a bit, talked about the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Big 12, and, and then some mid-majors as well. So... Uh, overall, I thought it was a, a really good time. We could have gone another hour easily, and I think what it's going to lead to is those guys making uh, semi-regular appearances, similar to probably the way I bring Harold on, which Harold's been on, I think, three times in the past uh, about 10 months. So we're looking at something like that, and you know, I'm hoping to have them guys on during the tournament and get a little feedback on what they're seeing, check in on, on, on Haslam's uh, algorithm and see how, you know, cause that's a predictive algorithm. So, uh, Sean has some pretty strong takes in, in this as well, uh, especially regarding Kansas and, and particularly Virginia, which, Hey, Virginia fans. I mean, you guys are good, but you guys are being super annoying lately. I, I just, I just gotta tell you, you guys are good. You guys are a top three team in the country, but you're not, you know, you're not the, the, the Shaq Lakers, okay? Let's let's just tone down the rhetoric a little bit. Everybody loves you, everybody respects you, but just because somebody says something that's not completely flattering doesn't mean that they're they're dissing you, okay? So let's let's try to get past that and see past your own biases. It's something that I fight with as well with my own biases. Let's let's try to do a little reflective time and look at ourselves a little bit. Um, on the other hand, Let's see. Uh, kind of a, a, a different announcement today. I actually resigned from Slap the Sign, so I'm no longer writing for that that particular outlet. With the addition of Kinchin and, um, and and Charlie to ACC Basketball Report, I'm having to do a lot more edit, edit editing work, I guess, for ACC BR as well as writing for, for this podcast. And then there are certain things in the works that I'm trying to take very seriously regarding how we can expand the brand 
and you know moving into some other some other areas that I think are, are a little bit more fun. Um, the Notre Dame readership didn't take to me very well. And despite putting up a good amount of articles, the, the viewership just wasn't there. So I decided that it was it was probably time to, to go ahead and move on. So without further ado, this is ACC Basketball Report number 57. Uh, don't forget to get on Apple Podcasts, like, rate, review, share the podcast, tell everybody you know who may be an ACC fan. Uh, make sure they subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you leave a written review for me. Uh, tell me what you guys think. Tell me how we can do better. We will definitely take it into consideration. Check out Charlie and Kinchin on ACCBasketballReport.com for weekly power rankings that I'm also involved in, as well as Corner Threes and Charlie's weekly primer for upcoming games. It is almost championship week, people, which means that March Madness is right around the corner, which unfortunately means the end of the season is also right around the corner. And we're going to talk about the offseason Coming up here in the next few weeks, I haven't made a decision on how we're going to proceed in the offseason this year, but uh, it got a little stale last year. So, for the second time, without further ado, Eric Haslam, Sean Dillon, and myself, this is the ACC Basketball Report. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Yes! Farrell turns the key, drives the lane with three on the shot clock. Doesn't get it. Five seconds to play. This is ACCBR57. I have guests Eric Haslam from Haslametrics and Sean Dillon from Rock 101, the architect of the Rock and 25 poll that you guys know that I'm a part of. How are you guys doing today? What up? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Not bad. Um, I'm glad we could squeeze this in before we do our other big show tonight. Today, I, I didn't write anything for this. I was going to yesterday, and Sean said he kind of wanted to shoot from the hip on this. So we're just going to, I guess, just have a, a roundtable conversation and kind of bullshit, uh, something that sometimes we're not able to do on Rock 101. I think right now, the biggest thing that I wanted to talk about was some of these teams. I got I got Haslametrics up right now. Um on that on that 13 14 and 15 seed line yeah um uh old dominion who has beaten syracuse in syracuse this year vermont which gave some guys some some good games out of conference earlier this year and then they stumbled and they've kind of recovered to to lead the america east hofstra has a stud in justin wright foreman georgia southern's a good team that i'm going to talk a little, about a little bit later radford montana loyola chicago who down there in the 13s 14s 15s and 16s do you guys like to possibly uh, put on a move in the tournament? Okay, I'll start Old Dominion. I'm going to talk about the Conference USA coming up in our little shindig later on today. But Old Dominion, you know, they shouldn't be discounted by people. They should not. 23-6, and fairly effective defensive attack, you know, the only thing that bothers me is their offense. Their offense isn't consistent. And they've mm-hmm. beaten uh, Syracuse at Syracuse. You have one versus VCU. And, you know, I mean, what really bad loss have you had? FAU, Marshall? But those were early. So, mm-hmm. Old Dominion, my team to watch out for from the 13 to 16 line. 
I guess I'm probably going with uh, UC Irvine. I think that was a team that we had at one point creeping up on that top 25. It's a team that actually holds a win over the uh, that St. Mary's juggernaut that really uh, came through solidly yesterday against Gonzaga. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's a team that's going to probably – I look at the 13 line. I don't typically look at the 14 line. Lesser chance of that happening, although South Dakota State is lurking out there. But I got to mm-hmm. go with UC Irvine. I think uh, in a, that 13-4 uh, matchup is a – uh, a much more very similar to a 12-5 matchup the funny thing about my bracketology I know that Kerry Miller had talked about this this morning and I echoed his sentiments about how uh, he said the bubble has gotten so bad right now that the last two playing teams for him were a 13 and I said I got the same thing I got Clemson and St. Mary's that would be playing as 13 seeds in an at-large playing game right now now that probably won't hold true uh, come selection Sunday even with the existing field as it stood today, I don't think the, the committee would do that. I think they'll eye test those teams up. But it's kind of interesting that when we talk about how bad the bubble is, that you got Clemson and St. Mary's fighting for a 13. It's pretty bad. I'm shocked that you did not bring up Loyola Chicago. I am quite shocked. I they, I, I don't like them at all. They're, there's They just, I mean, they, they graduated, what, 50% of their top six last year? Something uh-huh. like that. Three or four, they're top six or seven. I just, I, you know, I think they're the best team in that conference right now, but I don't see any kind of magical run happening like what happened last year. I mean, that's well, it typically doesn't happen anyway, but I don't see it happening this year. Have you guys seen my jokes about uh, about Loyola Chicago? Yes. Um, when it comes that's, to, what, uh, that's why I was bringing uh, it up. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, you know how many teams there are in Division One college basketball? They're 353. Do you know where Loyola Chicago ranks in uh consistency 353 <laughs> 353 yeah wow and so they are the team that i joke and i read on twitter all the time whenever loyola chicago plays i'm like well they're either going to win this game by 36 or lose it by 31 <laughs> they're all over the place they've had that game where they lost uh it was, it was missouri state at missouri state they got doubled up they scored 35 points got beat 70 to 35 at the same time they beat indiana state three weeks earlier by 35. And so they've been all over the place. Um, You know, one team that I'm going to talk about here in a little while is, is Georgia Southern and down there, I think they're sneaky good. They've got a kid on that team named Tookie Brown, who is 2,200 career points. He's 5'11". He's dynamite. If he gets hot against some team uh, that's going to be on a high seed line, I know that we've talked about dropping Marquette to four five range. Five, six. If, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even five six for Sean. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> logically here, I'm trying to think like the uh, the uh, committee. Oh, whoa, but, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. why start now? Because the thinking like the committee <laughs> can be extremely, extremely dangerous. Oh, it's bad for your health, 100. <laughs> percent But uh, if this kid catches fire and they can play some defense, they also score 84 points a game. Uh, I think Georgia Southern could be dangerous for sure. Okay, now one of the things that I was going to bring, I, I told everyone I was going to bring up during the, this, is Kansas, Texas. Horrible, <laughs> except when they're at home. Kansas 16-0 at home, 3-7. and seven, And I had the Kansas fans, the Jayhawk fans coming after me. Oh, it's a, you know, we're, we're, this, this team has gone and, and played. I don't care. Who are you now? No Asabuke, no Sylvia. You've got nobody no legerald Vic. no, no legerald Vic. Vic. Yeah, yeah. you have got nobody in texas no Kerwin williams 
two of seven away from home. Going to probably be two and eight if they face the Red Raiders and lose that one. Kerwin um, Roach or Kerwin? <laughs> Kerwin Roach. <Yeah. laughs> Kerwin Williams. I, it, Williams it, Roach. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. You cannot say that you are a good team. And, you know, I gave a lot of shit to Graham Couch because Graham Couch is a, an AP voter, and he has this arbitrary date coming up in January that he puts out every year that says, okay, I'm not going to take a team that hasn't had a true road test. And I had him on the show, and I said, you know, come on, Graham. You can't say, say this. And he says, no, look. I mean, if you can't win a game on the road, you don't deserve to be ranked. And I was like, well, let, let, let's look at it. And I started to look and thinking, huh, Kansas. Huh, three and seven away. Huh, that's, um, yeah. that's you know, and everyone's like, they're eight and three versus the AP. They're seven and three versus the USA. Doesn't matter. You cannot. I want one thing to happen. I want one thing to start this year. Won't happen. It's in my dreams. But I want the NCAA to put teams, not put them at a four or three or two because of the team they should have been. I want them to rank the teams as they are now. You have no Vic. You have no Asabuke. You have no Silvio. You don't have a team. I want to see Kansas at a four or five line because they're not that good. Without well, that, on the same, on the same line, what about Indiana? I mean, I know, you know, the show we recorded the other day, you guys had Indiana in, I believe. I know Kevin has Indiana in. No, I do not. I have they're, Indiana way out. They're, they're, they're seven and 13 in the Big Ten. And I don't, I don't care if you have six quad one wins. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't lose to Rutgers. Okay. You can't, you know, you can't lose, well, you know, Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, you can't lose to Arkansas. You can't lose eleven of twelve and expect to get into the tournament. But at the um, same time, but at the same time, if Indiana got in tomorrow, this is another thing we talked about on Twitter. Was if they got in tomorrow, I could easily see the committee slamming them into a ten seed. I could. I don't think they deserve it when you look at what they've done. But they're going to look at it and go, well, they beat Michigan State twice. And granted, yeah, they mm-hmm. beat Michigan State without Ward, without Langford, uh, the second time through. But. You know, but that's going to be their justification. They're going to say any team that beats Michigan State twice is not an 11 or 12 seed. So that's going to be kind of tricky on Selection Sunday or the day before when I'm starting running through the brackets. If Indiana gets in, because where they're going to be seated is going to be a really tricky thing to figure out. It could be 10, could be 11, could be 12. Who knows? Okay, then answer me this. You've got two teams, both 15 and 14. One team is 6 and 12 in conference. One team is 5 and 13 in conference. One team is two and nine away from home. One is two and eight at home. And which of the two teams do you do you uh, do you bring in? Do you bring in neither? Okay, and that's I, I was what, I, I said I, I said the other night that I wouldn't have Texas in. I was yeah. I wasn't even bringing up Texas. Do you know who I was bringing up? No, Kansas. Yeah, no, not or, even no. Kansas. I, I'm bringing up a whole another team. I'm bringing up another oh. team in the Big Ten conference. That everyone wants to have in, but no Isaac Copeland, Nebraska. Oh yeah. no, Nebraska's way out. Yeah, yeah so, but but but, but if they're... you look, but if you look, they're only a game behind in in wins. If you're looking at wins and and losses and home in a way, you know, Michigan State is not the Michigan State that they were three weeks ago. Were. Yeah, and we were talking yesterday. I I am not I'm not believing in this Michigan State fool's gold. 
Um, you know, Cassius Winston. If you remember, what was it? Uh, who they lose to? Middle Tennessee State a couple yes. years ago, or three years when, ago? Three years. Yeah, you know, Denzel Valentine was was the alpha dog on that team, player of the year, greatest player yeah. in the conference. Blah 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 blah. You had Bridges and, on that team too, didn't you? No, that was the year before, I believe. No, Bridges was because oh, was Bridges a freshman that. I'm trying to remember if Bridges was there that year that Valentine was there. Maybe he wasn't. I, I think that was the year before Bridges. Got okay, there. maybe it was. But and I, and I don't think that I don't think it was Middle Tennessee State. I think Middle Tennessee State actually beat Iowa State. I think that's what I'm thinking of. But anyway, no, no, no. Middle Tennessee State beat Michigan State. You're right. It was a 15-2 matchup. Right. Exactly. Yep, but right. I, I see the similarities here. Of you've got one one alpha guy, and uh, you know, and then you got Kenny Goings and Xavier Tillman and Matt McQuaid, and none of those guys really wow me. And if somebody gets a week to game plan for Winston and defend that pick and roll, you could see that happening again. Unless, I mean, I've heard something about Nick Ward and Josh Langford possibly coming back. I don't know if I'm buying that, but if it's just Winston and these other guys, they don't get out of the first weekend. I don't think. Yeah, it is a big problem. Um, and, it, and as you said, it is a little bit of fool's gold because one of the things I thought of is, okay, here's that big game. They play Michigan, they go on the road, they beat Michigan. Um, and everybody says, hey, see, everything's fine. Everything's well and good with Michigan State. You know what I find usually whenever you lose a player, and this is just kind of a, a, a mild observation I've made from doing this in analytics over the years, is that typically after the loss, these teams are very up. They're very they're playing to a higher level because they know, but that doesn't stick around. So it usually lasts about two games, and then all of a sudden they start to come back to earth. And that was one of my fears about Michigan State. I may have even tweeted that right after the Michigan game where I said that scares me a little bit. Hey, you got to give him credit. You got to give Izzo a lot of credit for winning that game at Michigan against that Michigan team. But at the same time, you got to start thinking, can they keep that going long term? That's a lot. That's a big loss. That's going to wear on you over time, both from a depth standpoint and from a talent standpoint. I agree 100%. Um, because this is – Obviously, a, a podcast based on ACC basketball. What are you guys thinking about Clemson right now? <laughs> yeah. I got, Clemson, I got Clemson in, but the fact that I got Clemson in playing St. Mary's in a play-in game should probably tell you about the, the quality of play for Clemson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know, they had to have that game yesterday at home. I mean, you, you got to get up for that game. North Carolina didn't play well and still won. Um I took some heat from the power rankings that I posted this morning that left North Carolina in the number one slot again from fucking Virginia fans. And, you know, the, the argument that I made was, you know, Carolina played. Wait a minute. Virginia uh, fans were complaining. I yeah. Find that hard to I, I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. shocked. They're, they're usually on my side because I'm usually pretty complimentary about Virginia, but uh, you know, I, I told them that, you know, they, uh, Clemson and I forget who else Carolina played this week. But it was a it was a tougher uh, a tougher road than Georgia Tech and Pitt, which is what Virginia played this week. Both games at John Paul Jones, and they're still giving me shit. So Carolina earlier this week, Carolina played Syracuse. Right, Syracuse and yeah. Clemson. Um, yeah. The at Clemson, whereas Virginia played both G Tech and Pitt at home. I mean, yeah, for, UNC didn't do anything to lose that top spot in my mind. But as far as Clemson goes. The ACC is looking weaker, I think, right now than, yeah, than, than a few weeks ago. I think NC State is not the team that I expected. Clemson is worse than I expected. Louisville got a win today, but it's fallen off a cliff. Notre Dame injuries. Have yeah. Got it them. Yeah, Miami, train wreck. But, but what about St. Zion? <laughs> Duke. <laughs> is, is he coming back? What do you that think? I, I, I always said he would. 
I think but my is. issue, you know, and, and you saw pieces of this in that Duke Gonzaga game, which is the thing is that it, it's the reason Gonzaga wins that game is because Gonzaga plays team basketball. Duke is going to go everything through Barrett and they're going to go everything through Reddish for the most part. You're going to have here and there the, the other guys uh, throwing, the, you know, pieces in of the offense. But the problem is they're too individualistic. They're going to go to their superstars and that typically doesn't fly in the tournament. Now you bring Zion in, that's a game changer. Um, those three will mesh together. I think they, those three can go quite far together. But if you're just putting Reddish and Barrett, I really mm-hmm. have my doubts. And, and Trey Jones can't shoot. Yeah, he can't. They were sitting oh. off. What was the game uh, a couple of weeks ago, a week or two ago, where they were backing off? They're like, they weren't even. Got, got, I think it was Syracuse, and yeah. they were just guard. They just like go ahead and shoot. He was Do couldn't hit anything wide open. Virginia Tech did the same thing. Yeah, okay, right. so here's my prediction: Saint Zion returns March 9th. Was that the the conference tournament? No, final North Carolina. Game, fine, oh, North final Carolina game yeah, at yeah. UNC. I would. I would. It wouldn't surprise me. That would. That would. That makes sense. You know, my you, guess was you don't do. I mean, you don't do. In my allowing saying, well, you, you you sit for the rest of the year. And my, the guy, I'm assuming he's enough of a team player that he is going to come back if he's able. And when you look at the grade, what was it, a grade one MCL sprain or something yeah. like that? It wasn't major enough that he couldn't come back. And I I thought doing the right thing, he and which he probably would. You're going to see him again because you want to represent well. You want to. You want to make this year the one year you're playing college memorable, so I think he'll go. Well, I mean, hang, hang at on, the hang same on, time, guys, they're guys, still projected guys, as a guys, one. Guys, guys, hang on. Oh, yeah, uh, Hey, Haslam? Yeah. You went – so could you do that that part about Zion again? Oh, yeah, because uh, what was I saying about Zion? Because I, I, you've gone a few times here on the same podcast. So. Yeah. No, what I was uh, – the thing about Zion is – well, which part about Zion, the – just uh, c- coming back and just take it from there. Oh, I was going to say, and and so I think Zion will come back. Um, I think it's, you know, I, it's one of those things. If you're a team player and he can come back, he had a grade one MCL sprain. I think um, it's, it's not major enough that you're really in danger, endangering your health. And you want to make that one year memorable for, for Duke. He is a team player. He wants to be there alongside, mm-hmm. alongside Reddish. And uh, and Barrett, so I I think you'll see him back. I I said that from the start, and I still think that. Yeah, I think if if they had fallen off that one line, or if they lost a couple games in a row, he'd probably be back. They said yesterday that he looked really good in practice, um, he, you know, explosive wise. So you know, I, I think he's definitely coming back. I think that Carolina game makes sense, and like you know, uh, T told me uh, when I when I talked to Harold Little a couple weeks ago. He knows the kid. Him and Nasir Little are good friends, and these kids want to be in college. These kids want that experience, and what better experience with college basketball is there than March Madness? So, yeah, I agree. I okay, agree. so how many how many ones do you really think the ACC gets? Two. I'm, I'm thinking two. Oh yeah, Virginia, oh, yeah, North yeah. Carolina. Yeah. You're not getting a third. Yeah, I mean North Carolina is a good team, but North Carolina, you're going to get Tennessee or Kentucky out of the SEC, and I'm assuming Gonzaga. Uh, doesn't slip up anymore. They're landing on that one line. Although, my God, and if we're going to shift top, I mean, granted, we're talking ACC still, but my God, how many people still do not believe in Gonzaga in this, on this planet? It drives me nuts. Yeah. They, I, the arguments that come out of people are just, in my opinion, just completely ridiculous. And saying, well, they haven't played anybody. It's like, again, I, I look at my analytics and go, we strip away conferences for a reason. We, we rate how teams perform independent of conference, and they're number one in the country. Yeah. 
But I mean, beating anybody. Well, what am I supposed to do if North Carolina played in the WCC? What am I supposed to do? Dump them down to a twelve just because they didn't play anybody? And, and if you look at if you look at their out of conference, I mean, Texas A and M, Illinois, Arizona, Duke, uh, Creighton, Washington, Tennessee, North Carolina, uh, UT Arlington, which is a decent Sun Belt team, you know, and then in the in the, within their own conference, obviously it's trash, but they've you know they destroyed San Francisco, they destroyed St. Mary's twice, yes. um, you know. And then you, 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 the only ones you lost are Tennessee and North Carolina, which I think North Carolina is a terrible matchup for Gonzaga. But um, <clears throat> I mean, if you're only losing to Tennessee and North Carolina, and you're beating Duke and Texas A&M and Illinois, who's played a little bit better lately, Arizona's garbage, but they're talented. Creighton, Washington, these are these are legit Power Five teams. Yeah, and you know Gonzaga ran through a lot of them, so. And correct as far as Duke, Duke was full strength, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're beating yep. Duke full strength. The end of argument. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So real quick, and I, I kind of wanted to follow this up because I'm looking at I'm looking at Haslametrics right now. Mm-hmm. You got Florida State as a well. I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave Florida State out of this example. You got Virginia Tech as a six. You yep. got Louisville as a seven. Syracuse as an eight. Uh, NC State is a twelve. Clemson and is Clemson is a 13 on the play-in. Right. Any of those teams that I just named, do you see any of them getting out of the first weekend? No. Oh. I know it's obviously it's matchup-based. but it, it, It's matchup-based, but maybe Louisville of, of any of the teams. You know, that's interesting you say that because and that's something I almost want to pick Michael's brain on this. I was thinking about this today watching them play, and it was uh, – I really don't know what to think of Louisville. I'm wondering because you have certain teams and I'm going to pick uh, Purdue, for example, last year, I think Purdue peaked in January or February and then they weren't granted. You had the injury to Isaac Haas, mm-hmm. but it's, it's similarly teams can valley at some point. And the thing is Louisiana or uh, I'm sorry, Louisville has already crashed and burned. They've go, they've got nowhere else to go, but up. Have we seen the worst of Louisville and all of a sudden are they going to get in that tournament and they're going to be a sweet 16. Oh, they, they figure things out. Mm-hmm. so to speak that's the question i have i, I it, it, something needs to happen i think there needs to be an event like um remember uh derek walton when he played at michigan a couple years ago they had that the incident on the plane that kind of binded that team together and they made uh, a run in the tournament and the big 10 tournament for that matter yep. Yep. and with with this team the the first event was obviously blowing the lead to duke and <clears throat> Hold on a second. And uh, I, I think today was a step in the right direction. Uh, Wara played very well. He had, I think he had 20 and 13. Yep. And Malik Williams had the double-double, which he doesn't t- typically do. They they looked better today than they had before. They have the firepower. They have the depth. They've got a guy that makes winning plays in Dwayne Sutton. If I had to pick one of those teams that I mentioned to get out of the first weekend, it would probably be Louisville. Um if Virginia Tech gets Robinson back for the ACC tournament and he plays well and he knocks the rust off, they, you know, I could see them. But if he comes back and his first game back is the tournament, that's that's a bad situation. Um, especially being a six seed when your 11s are Belmont. Actually, never mind. Those 11s are pretty terrible. Belmont, Minnesota, TCU, and St. John's. Yeah. Um, well, St. But- John's probably won't be there anymore. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. No, um, and, and I'm and I'm being sarcastic. I knew I wanted to, to bring up Louisville because the thing is this: 
your your next home game, even though you've you've done and you've gone and you've played Notre Dame, you defended home court, you beat them by fourteen. But let's look at this. You're going to be going into the that ACC tournament, losers of six of eight, six of yeah. eight, mm-hmm. and and none of these losses were oh one point or two point. With the with the exception of the collapse versus Duke, which which mm-hmm. you I will give you you predicted it would happen. You would predict <laughs> you predicted that the collapse would happen, and then you said on my radio show you said nope, Duke is done. I mean I you said Louis, nope, Louisville's done. You said nope, Louisville's done. Six. Are you telling me that you think that they can go to, into Charlottesville and beat? Virginia, no, no, not no, a God, chance. No. no, not likely, in my opinion. Now, but, but then again, UMBC defeated Virginia last year by twenty. So, what do you think can happen in the month of March? DeAndre Hunter is not playing this game, unfortunately. <laughs> but Louisville at least met expectations today. I went to my site, and and our projection for that game today was Louisville seventy four sixty one, and of course they won seventy five sixty one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got, I gotta take credit for that one, Con. Sure. But, uh but normally they've been falling far short of expectations lately. At least now they're they're meeting those expectations. The question is, have they started to right the ship? Can they become the Louisville team that did draw a top sixteen seed back in early February? I I has I would say um, you might have been sarcastic, Sean, but I think maybe a Louisville. And I don't. I, the other one I was thinking of along the same lines would be NC State because NC State was a team that before mm-hmm. the season I really held in high regard. They've been a disappointment. But, hey, there's some teams like a Syracuse last year who were a disappointment. All of a sudden, they come in there. They beat Arizona State to play in. They beat TCU uh, in that first game. And then, did, did, correct me if I'm wrong, they beat uh, Michigan State. I don't know if this was last year or the year before. I'm trying to remember what it was. Mm-hmm. But they went on a run to the Sweet 16. Can NC State do the same thing? I think the answer is yes. It, it depends. You know, Braxton Beverly in an expanded role this year has been – hot and cold like when he's on he's one of the best shooters in the conference but when he's when he's off he's he's way the fuck off yeah and you know markel johnson you know is a nice player he's got a little bit of an attitude problem dj funderburk has been a revelation this year a guy that i didn't see being able to come in and and impact the game as much as he has um if he could stay out of foul trouble that would go a long ways but you know figure i mean there there's not a whole lot where they're weak. I mean, Bryce and Dorn are really good on the wings. Beverly's obviously a shooter. Markel Johnson is one of the best point guards in the conference. If they can put it together, cool, but they've got to play some defense too. Um, and here's what I'd have. This is kind of interesting. What what happened looking at, if you look at my bracketology, rank, bracketology rankings where everything lands right now, NC State <laughs> would be our top 12 seed right now going into into today. They, mm-hmm. would, they would meet Buffalo in round one. In a Ooh, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, they yeah, come but the that bu- one. If they win that game, guess who they get in round two as, as a 12 seed? They get LSU. <laughs> Another one. That would be a very interesting matchup. So I don't know which one of you guys said it, but somebody said last night you thought LSU was going out early. That was – was it uh, – I looked at that and thought, yeah, that was my – someone said throw a hot take out there. That was me. And I said, I look at LSU and it's tough because, you know, that guard play, I love their guard play, but they got young guys on the inside. Um, but with, with, uh, with waters back, I mean, they, they are, they're very talented at guard, but that's the one thing that I think may prevent that from happening. But then again, 
you know, didn't matter last year when you had uh, 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 the guards for Virginia, Guy and Jerome. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really matter. I mean, again, everything goes out the window in March. You're throwing a dart at a board. Unfortunately, you try to do the best you can, but any of these teams, like any of these teams from the uh, ACC, I'll even include Clemson, could theoretically make a run if you get the right matchup to happen. Mm-hmm. Look, yep. at, look at Kansas State last year; they got lucky because came out of round one, and all of a sudden you're meeting UMBC, and you got to walk to the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous! That's I, I lo- you know me and my love for UMBC, just because you know. Anytime I, is it your love for UMBC or your hatred for Virginia? Or there's the humor that you find in Virginia being the team that loses to a 16. I think it's the humor of, of Virginia being that team that just, not just, they look <laughs> lost. And everyone's like, Virginia's, it's the Virginia revenge tour. They're going to come back and revenge from last year. Yeah, but weren't you guys supposed to be the team that last year you guys were going to go stomp on everybody? And it was going to be. Well, they did. Not UMBC. <laughs> well, I mean, one game when you you lose your you, you know you lose one of your best three guys the day before, but, uh, but I, I was on that. I was I'm guilty of that. I was on that train. I thought that they would, oh, given sure. given given how you know they were of age, I guess as far as Salt being there, Diakite was there, Jerome Guy, all these guys were there and experienced that. Ty Jerome's an asshole. Okay, he, he's going to come out with a chip on his shoulder. And I thought that he would make this his team and, and make this, this season, his, you know, his war path, I guess. And I, I think he, I think he's the best player on this team. Like everybody gives all the love to Hunter and guy. Uh, Ty Jerome is the straw that stirs that drink to be cliche. Yeah. And I love Ty Jerome. I think he's one of the best point guards in the country, and I think that he's he's an NBA player. And I don't think uh, they give him enough love when they talk about you know that trio. I, I think, but it's so. Go ahead. I was going to say I'm going back to you were talking about North Carolina State. I mean, if you look at <clears> if, North, I, if I can wrap up real quick, jump in here on Virginia. Okay, f- and I would f- say this could be really interesting to go this year and see what Virginia is going to do because they're so snake bitten. Uh, <clears throat> BC lost two years ago. They lost in the second round by 26 to Florida. The year before that, I bought in the Syracuse game. They, yeah, the Syracuse game. You blow a double digit lead late in the second <clears throat> half. It's gonna be really, I, it's really tough to go with it because they just seem snake bitten. That defensive mentality just doesn't succeed in March. I can't explain why, but go ahead. I'm sorry, Sean. Go ahead about uh, NC State, though. I wanted to add that in about Virginia. Well, that's you know that's good because anytime that you can uh, you know beat up on Virginia, you know it's. Uh... <laughs> It's okay by me. I don't. I don't have anything against Virginia. Some Virginia fans have something against me. But that's okay. I just. I just have things against Virginia fans who think that you know that they Virginia hung the moon and you know uh, it was all one injury. Well, everyone gets injured. That's the one thing that it, that it just drives me crazy. You know, injuries happen. All teams are banged up. They're they're playing the you know similar amount of games. They're playing against teams. They're going on road trips. You know, everyone is going to be hurt. Everyone's going to be banged up. But a team that I know that should finish 10-8 and eight in conference is going to be North Carolina State because they've got a home game versus probably the, the, the team that that just is so weak, so absolutely weak, and it hurts Michael to hear me say it. Yeah, they they go see they they go and see his Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and then they go at Boston College. Now, yes, I know some of you will go, but wait a minute, Sean, you were talking about road games. If if 
North Carolina, three and six away from home. If they have a chance to to uh, secure a spot higher than a twelve, I think they could go down to Boston College and beat the Eagles. Yeah, oh, Boston absolutely. College is yeah. you can't lay down for Boston College. If it was Wake no. Forest, you can lay down. You can play your <laughs> managers, and you're probably going to be fine. You can but, lay uh, you you can lay down versus Georgia Tech though. Uh you just got to score 55 that's all they're, you they're like the, they're like the miller light of wake forest and i'm making fun of wake forest people but they deserve every bit they're getting i mean that that's i was re- referencing them in milwaukee on the radio today saying wake forest is i was i, I made mention of cal we were talking about the pac-12 oh, and I said, well, washington just got embarrassed to cal i'm like well at least cal can say one thing at least they're not wake forest and i don't know which one's worse <laughs> oh by, wake forest would boat race cal I don't think there's any question about that. Cal doesn't have anybody that can stay in front of Brandon Childress. Yeah, you're right. I think California is actually rated lower. California right now for me, number 249, Wake Forest, number 222. So I take that back. I'm sorry. So they're both well, really bad. Is the moral. Not the worst. California is. Uh, you, know, it, you know, I saw um, earlier today and last night that Ron Wellman, the AD for Wake Forest, is retiring. Uh, Jim Curry's taking his spot. So Ron Wellman is the guy that actually gave Danny Manning that extension last year. Is is your first your first uh, project is that to to get on the phone and start fundraising to fire Danny Manning? Huh. Well, as, as they've always said about Danny Manning, the guy can uh, allegedly recruit, mm-hmm. but Lorenzo Romar could allegedly recruit as well. When we right. saw what happened to him, so yeah, now he's now he's living in Malibu, so he's all right. Yeah, I know. That's what you want to be. You want to, as we talked before, we always want to be the guy who's just good to get, just good enough to get that high profile job. And then you just want to shit the bet, like Kevin Stallings. That's the way it's the Kevin Stallings strategy. That's the dream job. You want to be just good enough to get to that level and then just do an atrocious point where they literally say, here, I'm going to give you four years' pay to leave town. That's what I'm going to shoot. Please leave town. I'm gonna give you three million a year for two years, and then I'm gonna pay you ten million to go away. Oh my God! Why can't cool. You pay me ten million to go away. Right. I'll, I'll be in I'll Belize. I'll see you guys later. I'll go away for one million. I'll go away for ten thousand. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> one other thing that I wanted to bring up earlier because it just it drove me crazy, um, and I knew that 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 Michael would appreciate this is my hatred of the net. You want to know why I hate the net? Because no one can understand it. it well, we, we 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 discussed this early in the season. They released what it was, but they didn't tell us how it was, you know, what the computation was, yeah. what how everything was weighted. So, we, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's reverse engineered it at this point, but. No. I don't think you can because there are some days that you won't get a, a net thing till like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And you're like, how the hell did they get that number? There's certain there's certain people who think it's being tweaked on the fly. I don't think that's the case, but there are a lot of people that suspect that. Well, as uh, I shared a tweet with you guys last night about how one team won and went down three spots, and another team lost and went up three spots. Yeah. And you know, I would assume that that's because you can't just take every individual team and do that. You know, every team is impacted by the other 352 teams in division one. So I can get how there's some, some fluctuation there, but you have to disclose how you're getting these numbers. I think otherwise people are, and especially if this year where the bubble's really soft, if they start giving these 
these spots to the to the power six guys and all these mid majors get left out and nobody knows how you're making this thing that you're that you're you're placing all these teams with some people are going to start to raise a stink about how that's slanted towards the power six teams because obviously they have a larger following and they provide more television and revenue dollars for the tournament yeah there was a, it's it, and they and they probably won't release it because they're afraid of people gaming the system like they did with the RPI but it is r- rather fishy occasionally I, I think of earlier this year when Cam Oh they already was, are. I mean yeah, Buzz Williams but, is gaming it every every night he loses. That's oh yeah that's what he's trying to but he's probably yeah. pretty crappy. It's probably not making much of a difference. Right. But Kansas earlier in the year was a team that really struck me as strange because I was a team that really I caught a lot of flack from Kansas fans early on because they just weren't beating teams convincingly. They'd build leads and then let teams back into it. So you had a team early on when Azubuke was there or just after Azubuke got hurt that was undefeated and and, and, all, and everybody had Kansas number one. And here I had Kansas at, what, 24, 25, and all the Kansas fans called my stuff wacky. And I, I said, hey, I'm, I'm judging it based on performance by possession-by-possession uh, possession basis. And as time went along... I saw that Kansas's RPI was down in that 18 range when guys like Pomeroy and Polga had Kansas still top 10. And then if you look at the RPI ratings with the old RPI ratings or the quadrant one stuff, they were blowing the doors off quadrant one ratings. So I had no idea how the net got Kansas down to like 18 when they were overseeded by guys like Polga and Pomeroy. And at the same time, had an outstanding quadrant record. I, I just didn't get it. If they were using my numbers, it would make a little bit more sense because I had Kansas a little bit lower, but I, I couldn't explain it. I yeah, but is it, can we agree that it's still? Is it better than the RPI? I, I think I think uh, it's better than a parrot pooping on a piece of paper that says one through sixteen seed. I, I think it's an. It's an impossible task. I think everybody's just – people aren't happy unless they're unhappy. And I think that's <laughs> – No, and, and I, but and, you're and, right. And I'm okay. With, go ahead, Sean. But you're right because yeah. the thing is is that no matter what happens, you're going to have somebody who's going to say, I can't believe that you left Providence out of this tournament. How? how Nobody's going to say that. <laughs> we won't say that. I know, you, I, I know. I know you and I because that right there is a little, little, you know, knock to the Providence. But let's just say Clemson for some reason gets left out because of that North Carolina game. You know, Clemson is a hell of a lot better than yeah. But Clemson's also one in nine against Quadrant One. When you have that many opportunities to get quality wins and you can't do it, you don't deserve to be in the tournament. You just don't deserve to be there. We've already seen that you can't beat good teams. Why are we going to invite you to the dance? And that's the problem, though, is you have 36 at-large team, and out of those, you know, right now you probably have about 30 teams that truly deserve to be in the tournament, and you still right. have to fill out those other six. Yeah, we're going to get Clemson and St. Mary's, and we talk every year about St. Mary's. Randy Bennett, does he not know how to build the schedule? I mean, play somebody. <laughs> you can't tell me that nobody wants to play St. Mary's. Isn't They're- it incredible, though, that St. Mary's is sitting there firmly on the bubble, not, not just on my bubble, but guys like Lunardi and Palm and everything like that, they're right there in the bubble. When last year, this is a St. Mary's team with five losses, and they were they they barely got mentioned late in uh, mm-hmm. in in you know late February or early. And they March. didn't they didn't make it last year, right? They did not. They no. were the uh, I want to say they were the second or maybe the third team out because I want to say Notre Dame was first team out. Mm-hmm. USC, and then I think it was St. Mary's and Baylor were three and four, if I remember. Jeez. 
Okay, well, I'm going to have to leave in a couple minutes because i got to get back to practice and then come back here for this shindig. But I want to ask you one question, Michael. Mm -hmm. Of Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, Mm -hmm. how many of those three will go to the Elite Eight? All three. No matter what. Uh, Well, I mean, obviously, the (laughs) the matchups will will dictate – you know, for sure. I think, you know, if you get Duke in a situation where, uh, for, let's see, for instance, Haslam has has on the one line, say Texas Tech drops to a four um, or, you know, even a five. Okay. That's a revenge game for Texas Tech if they meet. Now, they wouldn't meet. They, they meet in the Sweet 16 in, in that case. But, um, okay, that's a bad example that I can't use. Because <laughs> they're not, they're not going to drop that far. Um You've caught yourself in one of those <laughs> yeah. catch-22s that you like to get caught in on one of those yeah. where you start contradicting yourself? No, no, well, if, if you get – if you, I think if – We've all been there. If you get Duke against a team that is going to load up the paint and make them shoot, free, uh, shoot threes, they're very faulty. Um, Virginia is a team that I believe in. I, I think Guy and Jerome, especially Jerome being a year older – um, I think they have something to prove. I think Hunter is going to come out like a madman and and be very good in the tournament. And then Carolina has such depth that they can give you all kinds of different looks. Whether or not Roy Williams actually does that um, is another is another situation. He wants to go two bigs all the time. As far as um, as far as the lead eight, yeah, I, I, you know, I think they all three of them absolutely get to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, Lead eight, I, I think, is a shot. And if they're in different brackets, you're going to see some people pick them, all three of them, make the Final Four. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, the question will be if Virginia is going to be snake bitten again, and it's going to be – It is. And, boy, you know, you look at potential eight you know, eight or nine seeds that are going to that have to face Virginia. You look at a team like uh, Iowa. You look at a team like mm-hmm. Baylor, or maybe a team like Washington. There's some people who think that, hey – the Pac-12 sucks, but maybe Washington will carry that flag this year past that opening weekend. Remember, the Pac-12 didn't even make it to Saturday last year. They were out on right. Friday night. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny. We, I bag okay. on Marquette a lot. I, I'm going to let you guys continue to talk, but I got to walk walk now because I got to All right, let's days. just – we'll just – we'll end it now. Yeah, that's good. Um, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll shut it down. Maybe we'll come back, you know, um, after the first weekend or something. Bonus. And we can talk further on Bonus. It. But – What's that? Yeah, it's a little bonus coverage. Um, I, I like experience because I've, I've honestly run out of things to talk about with the ACC lately. I found myself just repeating myself constantly, and I hate it. So, uh, where can we? Uh, where can my people find you guys? Well, everybody can find me over at Haslametrics. I got my rankings, my projections, my bracketology over at Haslametrics.com. Uh, otherwise, on Twitter, my handle is at Haslametrics. And everyone can find me at Rock101.fm, or you can find me on Twitter. Stirring the pot and causing trouble at Rock One One, Sean. <laughs> yeah. And he'll be retweeting my stuff, and I'll be retweeting his stuff, so he'll be easy to find, people. Um, I appreciate you guys coming on, and we'll do it again sometime. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Michael. Thank All you, right, Michael. guys.